0: Welcome to Travel Market Life, your companion for industry insight and professional and business development. Travel Market Life, join us by webcast, video or podcast.
1: I'm Ryan Haynes, I'm your host for Travel Market Life. Today we're going to be talking about reopening hotels. And with the relaxation in the lockdown measures being lifted just a couple of weeks ago, we have spoken to Jason Adams, who's a general manager of Rockcliffe Hotel, which is a five-star golf resort. We're going to find out about his decision making, what thoughts went through his head and how he approached all this to bear in mind the welfare of his staff and also his customers. For some more detailed aspects on the steps that he took with his staff, please check out Boutique Hotelier's interview with Jason, which you can find on their website. Otherwise, this is Travel Market Life. Let's hear what happened when I spoke to him. Okay, so Jason, um, Managing Director of Rockcliffe Hall in Darlington, five-star luxury golf resorts. News on Sunday came through um, that uh, we were going to loosen some of the restrictions that we've got um, in the lockdown, and that meant that you were open. So how were you able to respond to that and uh, get yourselves organised in time?
0: Yeah, I mean, I was um, hoping for a couple of weeks' notice at least to get the golf course ready and the team in place but uh, just over 48 hours, and um, luckily the preparation we'd done in advance with regards to processes and procedures um, were, were all in good stead because we were ready for that call. I think uh, the only worry was that the, the governing bodies hadn't spoken to each other to get the actual clarity right on what was being done on that Wednesday morning. So that changed very slightly over, over Sunday night into Monday morning and lunchtime. So that changed three times, which means we had to change our procedures over three times. So. It was just making sure that the members before they arrived on Wednesday morning knew exactly what they were expecting at the resort to make sure they understood social distancing would be here to and um they knew they couldn't arrive in an hour and a half before for a drink or anything like that. So it's it was luckily the planning is the key there's no question.
1: I mean you know you're being one of the first properties to actually open at um, such a sens- sensitive time you really have to be careful over the decisions that you take and, and the procedures that you put in place and, and how they're all followed. How are you coming to those decisions where you feel confident that you're making the right decision at that point?
0: Yeah, our, our director of golf and myself, um, we were talking to our, the governing bodies within golf, the RNA, England golf, etc., over the, over the past weeks and months, making sure that procedures were in place and best practices were in place. There was uh, slogans and, and directives from them. So we knew what to do. So we put that in place with our risk assessments. Um, and then we just needed to make sure, as I said, that the members were fully aware before they arrived on the day. Um, there's quite a process from it literally arriving in your car to going on the first tee. Whereas before they'd have a drink, you know, meet their friends, have a bit of lunch, wander to the first tee and that'd be that. It's very different now. So we need to make sure that is educated before that.
1: Yes, yeah, so it's not just about training your staff, but you must have a lot of repeat customers, a lot of golfers that come regularly uh, to the grounds and, and they're quite used to a particular way of doing things. So it's a lot of communication that you need to to deliver. How are you able to keep them updated and, and, and what are you doing to do that?
0: So, so luckily, again, it's all about the planning. So on uh, Monday, we then knew what our, our regime was going to be. Luckily, it was members only to start with, so we can make sure there's a slick understanding from our members. Um, We sent the video out Monday, Monday lunchtime, then again Monday evening. We then set out the criteria for golf Tuesday for then arriving Wednesday. So they knew they could arrive 10 minutes before the tea time, they had to get changed in their car, social distancing from their friends or anybody else in the car park. They would arrive at the clubhouse door, the clubhouse is actually closed but then we have a lectern there with a the member of staff in full PPE welcoming them to the club. They then have to read the new policies regards to social distancing, um, sanitising, etc. cetera. They have to sign that document to say they adhere to that. And if they don't sign that to it, say they adhere to it, they don't play golf. Um, obviously, everybody did. Um, and then at the first, day our director of golf shows them the sanitizer units, makes sure they sanitise. We give them a bottle of sanitised water Uh, with our compliments to say you know go and play on the course the driving range is shut the pitching area is shut and please don't go in your green staff you can't touch the flags you can't put your ball in the hole and that again was reiterated to every single member and we did some patrolling on the course and everybody was being very well behaved so we were very happy i think at three points when they started they knew that this was going to be very strict
1: I mean, behind the scenes, there must have been a lot of things happening. I believe that you haven't furloughed your staff. You've been quite active over these uh, last few weeks and trying to keep and prepare the hotel for when things reopen.
0: Yeah, I mean, most of the hotel staff have been furloughed, but golf has continued throughout. So we have mm-hmm. an estates team in greenkeeping. We have the garden team connected to that and we have the golf team. So the golf team have been talking to members throughout the time. Um, and making sure when the clubhouse is ready, it's secure, all those kind of things, and looking at the procedures that we're going to implement. And that's taken a lot of time. So that's put us in good stead to making sure we're absolutely ready at the drop of a hat, making sure that on Wednesday morning everything was perfect.
1: And there's a lot of other uh, organisation associations that you've been working with in order to garner information, get some insights, and and, and they themselves have been doing a lot of work. Uh, You mentioned as well the UK Hospitality Organisation and and the support that they've been providing. How how useful is is it to tap into these associations and how do you use them?
0: I, I think, if I'm completely honest, because this is completely new to all of us, we wouldn't have done half the things if we hadn't had the guidance from uk hospitality the spa association england golf it's very much key that all our hoteliers talk to each other because we're all you know going off one one's going off in one way one's going off another which is the best way we then have a you know i have a, a zoom call with six hoteliers every week to say right i'm doing this what are you doing and so on and so on the uk hospitality are really um, pushing government to get legislation through getting loans for smaller businesses um and they're really very helpful and they're going to actually send us out um correct and legal guidelines as of next week so mm-hmm. that is what we have to follow and they have done all that work for us so we can then implement that with our teams
1: great so really any other hotelier that's in a preparation for a reopening should really look at some of these guidelines that will be coming out over the next few weeks to, to help them uh, because they yeah. say it, it, it's quite hard if you're just trying to pull things together uh with little legal um advice or, or support um and do try and do it on your own and i guess you you could end up coming going going in a completely random direction that is not required at this point or or is maybe um over the top um so uh, actually taking those using those associations um and working collectively and when you've been working with other hoteliers um are, are these a part of your existing network or have you been developing and building your network
0: certainly building a network for sure but we, we have a little core group of our you know, five or six hotels up here that we we've known each other for years and we mm-hmm. just talk to each other obviously some have got private owners some have got investors so clearly some hoteliers have got different things they need to do you know private owners you know they're happy to stay close to protect their team perhaps hotels with investors want the hotel open and revenue in straight away so there's very different tax way to do things but Ultimately, the goal is to protect the guests, protect our teams, and making sure, really really importantly, that the team are ready to come back to work in the right frame of mind, highly motivated, their well-being is right, their mental health is right. And if it's not, we've got to help them because they're our biggest asset. But yes, they're our biggest cost as well, but they, we have to invest in them. It's as simple as that.
1: And how are you keeping that motivation going then with your staff? Um, what, I mean, one of the big things that you, you say is you know, you've, got, you've got to believe in your product, right? You, you've got to make sure that it's successful. And how do you get your staff to join you on that journey and uh, to keep them uh, positive and focused on, on what you need to deliver?
0: Yeah, I think, you know, in years gone by, lots of employers have kind of treated the staff as a, as a number. You mm-hmm. can't do that. You simply can't. They are all individual people with different feelings, different uh, work rates. And we've been having what's called a rocky roundup. So obviously, Brockliffe Hall, we've got this uh, little email newsletter that goes out on a Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Um, We talk about uh, what you've been doing in the week, sending images of of their their week, whether it be going for a walk, um, baking with the kids, uh, all those kind of things. And we all interact all together. We have Zoom calls with with departments as well. To make sure they're all all okay. I had I had seventeen beauty therapists on the phone on Zoom yesterday, which was exciting. Wow. Um, so um, we're keeping in contact with them all the time, making sure they're okay, talking about the updates. Are we going to be opening? Talking about um, are we? Um, uh, what's the word? Um, talking about what's going to happen when we open? What they're mm. going to be wearing. What they are going to be able to do? Because obviously a therapist is a very different scenario to a golfer, you know, they're going to be, could be stood in a room with with an individual, touching their skin. So it's a very different scenario and a very complex. So it's just making sure that everybody, every single member of the team is included on these rocky roundups, Zoom calls. And they're also, because um, because they're furloughed, we can obviously ask them to do a little work, but they're not allowed to do any work that generates revenue so they can talk to their teams, making sure they're okay, do a few appraisals, look at SOPs, look at the guest journey to make sure they're all right and all correct, ready for the day we open so we can hit the ground running.
1: I mean how important has it now become to look at this guest journey because it's, it's something that's really become more pronounced over the last few years as it's, it's sort of become more elongated and the, the, the internet's involved and social media is involved and um also the reputation of the hotel so uh, how do you bring your staff in to really consider that it's not just that one moment they spend with that guest but it's the entire journey that that guest is going on from from the first moment they they take take the decision to make a booking right through to perhaps even leaving a review for the hotel. How do you encourage that um, attention to detail there?
0: I think, again, it's all about process. One of the things mm-hmm. I put in place here is that, you know when the, when the guest picks the phone up to make an inquiry or booking a at the they Hall, um, they then start that journey. So they make the booking we then give them a call a week afterwards to say look would you like to book any treatments Um, would you like to book food and beverage Um, any golf that sort of thing they decide what they want to do we then give them the call a couple of days beforehand to say look he's still arriving you are okay but with covid we're going to have to do that very differently because we're going to have to check that they haven't got a temperature before they arrive have they been abroad have they been in quarantine and if those things happen they can't arrive at the property and um, that then continues onto arrival we've got at the moment we've got um, plastic key cards which clearly won't be able to be used so we're looking at things like um, apps that they can open their room with or qr codes so we don't pass key cards around we then even get to the room and you know we take normally take guests to the room and show them around the room which we can probably do social distancing or just trialing at the moment but you know a guest wants to know that every single item in that room has been cleaned and sanitized etc so we're looking at various ways that that's going to happen. It could be wrapping the rope control in plastic saying, I've been cleaned. Or it could be a list, literally to say, every item in the room has been ticked, it's been cleaned by uh, Joanna, and it's been checked by the housekeeper. So we have to make sure um, that um, our guests are minds are put at rest and they're comfortable. Because when you're coming to a five-star environment, the expectations are very high. And you'd expect it to be absolutely pristine and clean and sanitized when they arrive. So we have to make sure that happens every single time.
1: Do you think we need some sort of um, hygiene standard, like an accreditation, that um, hospitality industry should sign up to to make sure that they're following the right procedures and and guidelines?
0: Absolutely, absolutely. There is is plenty of procedures in in place in health and safety and cleanliness in our industry, but a COVID-connected one will be very much wanted and needed, and that's something UK Hospitality are lobbying the government about. Obviously, there has to go through lots of testing on that to make sure either we all hit our, or I say, trademark. But if some hotels don't, then they've got a problem. If they haven't got mm-hmm. the trademark, can they open? How, who checks it? Who tests it? So there's lots of things to discuss on that, and that's, that's ongoing.
1: I mean, you're already open. We're already we're potentially seeing that other hotels won't open until the beginning of the July, um, the major uh, summer season. What is it looking like for you? Um, and how does your your, your current um, bookings for July and August play out for revenue for the rest of the year? And I guess, could a government do anything to, to help you there?
0: Well, the government are very much helping us in regards to furloughing the staff 80%. So that's a massive, massive help. If I, if I can do that, Things will be very different for the team, but I think business-wise, actually, we're in a good place purely because all the bookings from January, February, March, April, May have all shifted, you know, one month up. So we've got a big spike kind of July, August. It dips down in September, then lifts again in October, November. The problems we're going to have is things like weddings and functions. Mm-hmm. There won't be any any you know, real big gatherings, I understand that wedding numbers will be limited to five. Wow. So to, extraordinary so we've got about 20-25 weddings here and we're not a wedding venue Mm -hmm. there's other properties in the country who are literally wedding venues weddings every day so I dread to think what they're thinking at the moment
1: no, absolutely. It becomes a very difficult year for for some if, if they can't open in, in the same capacity that they have done, or even at 50% of the capacity that they have done in previous years. And um, how, how are you looking at pricing? I mean, are we discounting? Have we learned from 2009?
0: Yeah, discounting for me is not really an option. You know, People um, are expecting a five-star service, and I would expect my guests to pay for that because that's what we are. We're offering... Every single layer of detail, hospitality and, uh, and service are part of that. One thing I, I will say is that yes, we're not going to discount, but we're going to put some more added value into that. So prices will stay the same. You know, we'll probably put a bottle of champagne and arrival with a note for myself, that kind of thing. This is it's the attention to detail, those things. But what we can't do is, you know, add additional costs for PPE or that, or you know, all these health and safety measures, a guest expects that to be a part of the price. So that's something I'm going to have to take a hit, hit on. But I'm happy to do that if the hotel is busy and running smoothly.
1: Um, I guess we're hoping it could only be a temporary thing for a year um, at most, but you know, yet to be seen. But taking those costs in and, and not passing that on to the guest is, is really going to hit your, your profit line, um, surely. So uh, how, how are you looking at resourcing uh, and sourcing some of these things and um, and, and identifying new revenue areas, In quite a challenging time
0: yeah I think the interesting thing is looking it's been very interesting obviously looking at PP for the very first time in my career (laughs) And um, you know it's not just getting a visor or a face mask because some of them aren't aren't accredited so you have to look at every single piece of detail whether it be a a glove a visor a face mask something for housekeeping they are costs we just look at elsewhere so it's not going to affect the guest Um, to to look at our, our lines we might have to Spend less money on Facebook advertising or, or yeah. um, whatever, maybe, yeah, Facebook, Facebook advertising, a bit of PR, less PR, less marketing and spend it more on PPE because that's important. If we get the message right going out, then um, we should get guests still coming in.
1: And you you appeared on the interview, Beauty um, Carotelia with uh, Will Ashworth, um, and uh, one of the things that he mentioned was this is a time that we can look under every stone, and yeah. you were really sort of engaging that point of the conversation because you've been able to do stuff over the last few weeks that you never would have been able to do or would have always been put at the bottom of the list. And what yeah. are some of the things that you've 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 been able to change or, or, or adapt or, or really spend a bit more quality? time with?
0: Yeah, I think first of all, you know, every day I go into every single one of the 61 bedrooms because I can. And I think, you know, looking at detail with maintenance, um, and looking around wallpapers, carpets, toiletries, etc., that, that's a small area. But literally what we've been looking at is the guest journey in writing so we can train the staff. It's the standard operating procedures for different processes because again a standard operating procedure for breakfast will change wholeheartedly um going forward so it's looking at all these processes i've been able to sit down virtually with the team the senior team to say right what revenue meetings we can have what forecasting we're doing and literally we can look at every single item because as, as you sure you're aware it's a 24 7 operation there is no time to ever sit down without any guests around to concentrate because our guests are our priority so that what takes priority so as you say there's always something at the bottom of the list that kind of gets pushed to one side. So now we've been able to do that very, very efficiently to make sure it's in place and done for when we open.
1: Excellent. Um, and hopefully that should then really uh, lay, lay everything out for the rest of the year and onwards so that you're going to come back stronger as well. And, and I say with a team that's, that's really engaged and, and, and recognise the care that you're putting into, into their own well wellbeing. Um, yeah. and. Yeah.
0: Sorry. Well, I think um, I think the important thing here is that we need to, you know, as I've said before, keep in touch with the team to make sure they understand their role when it happens when they come back. That's really important. So we've been able to talk to the team about that. They've obviously had questions as well, which we've tried to answer um, and making sure that they're right. As you say, you know, for the future, we we're doing things now we haven't ever done. Mm. We've in my career, you know, I've I've managed many hotels throughout the country, at a very high level. I've never talked to team about PPE, concerns <laughs> and anxiety about, you know, mm-hmm. gloves and, and face masks and visors and how we operate professionally and safely. And it's just never been on our radar. So now it's at the very forefront of what we do. And it will be the first thing we look at every single time when we do anything in the, in the building
1: no and uh, you know that that's that's really i guess uh, refreshing as well it's almost sort of you've got a business and you are rebooting you have this chance to really deliver a, a completely new experience of, yeah for, for for your guests and, and even carve out a niche for yourself, be be really distinct and have your own personality, which I know um, I'm, I'm sure you have. But as, as since it, you've only been there a few months yourself, it it must be quite quite nice as well to um, to, to, to be able to feel a sense of ownership now over over what you're doing yeah. with the hotel
0: When I first started mid January, six weeks, I'd shut the doors. My remit was also to come in and drive the business and the higher standards mm-hmm. and really get some process in place. You know, in six weeks, I really understood the business quite well, very quickly because, you know, I could perhaps see this coming. But ultimately, I was ready to then, you know, take the foot off the pedal and off we go. But, you know, we're now shut. We're changing whole whole things the way we do do things. But we've now agreed that we will open the hotel as if a brand new hotel from scratch. So we opened 10 years ago. Um, We're suggesting we actually close for good and then we reopen as a brand new property, new PR, new, new marketing, a new way of doing things, a refreshing change for how we do things. You know, we've spoken to our guests via survey what they want. So we're gearing our, our marketing and PR towards those responses.
1: And out the, good, out the bad can come the good. And so it is a time to be a, a, as optimistic as you possibly can do and, and be quite agile, it sounds.
0: Yes, absolutely. I mean, I have to, well, there's no question, I have to be the most positive person in this business to make Mm -hmm. sure the team underneath me are driven, they're focused, and making sure, you know, anybody who is having a bad day, I can, you know, virtually put my arm around them and say, come on, let's get on this together. We're going to, this is going to be amazing. We're going to get the hotel open. And it's really, really important to make sure that on day one, you know, the first guest that comes to that door is wowed and amazed.
1: I mean, that's a lot of pressure put on yourself. I'm a business owner myself, and um there are times when there's only so much optimism that keeps the day going. Um so who do you turn to um when you're going through that bad time, when you really feel like the world is against you? Who 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 are the people that um you, you pick up the phone to or, or sort of have a have a big moan to? I think uh
0: first of all, my wife.
1: Bless her. Um, she
0: gets in the net quite a lot, but um she's used to that. Um, but ultimately, other hoteliers, you know, we've all, we're all in the same boat together, and we've got quite a good network of good, close friends who, you know, before we would go up and meet each other and talk, talk, work, as it were. So we can have we have a weekly Zoom call, as I mentioned, with with a couple of colleagues. If we've got any issues, I'll probably note them, put them to one side, wait for the call, go through the list or each list, and go through them and, and talk about our problems together. And nine times out of ten we'll come up with a solution together about how we deem the best way forward. Because they've all got different businesses and they'll do things in a different way.
1: And it's it's nice to share these things with someone who is in a similar boat to you. I do the same thing with the local directors group myself. And every couple of weeks, it's just nice to go... There's someone else in the same situation. So using your networks is really important and uh, really uh, getting help from the um, industry associations, be it someone like UK uh, Hospitality, um, the golf or spa associations to help with those guidelines. Mm
0: -hmm. Definitely.
1: Well, um, Jason, thank you ever so much for joining me today. It's been a pleasure to find out um, how you've been approaching the reopening and how you've been taking those decisions and what's been going through your head as you've been doing that. And hopefully that uh, gives some people some ideas of what they can do for their own businesses as well as we come out of uh, the lockdown.
0: Great, Ryan. Thanks. A real pleasure. Thank you.